You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, Godzilla takes on a familiar face, his own, from space. It's 1994's Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. Hey everybody, it's another episode of the Bonzilla Podcast. We made it. We we finally did it. It, it got out. Hey, hey, listen, you know what? We live full rich lives. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we had that big gap well, not, after Thunderball. Maybe, maybe not rich lives, but like... We live lives. We live uh, decently waged yeah. lives. Yes, yeah. at this point. And uh, it's amazing that we were able to be so consistent with, you know, when we yeah. released episodes on every Wednesday. It's amazing that we haven't had to do this... Yet, but it is in fact, you know, and and if you're listening to this episode in the future, this really doesn't matter anyway. But yeah. we are releasing this episode a little late, just because our schedules didn't really line up uh, as we had hoped. I, you know what I say? I say enjoy your free content, indeed, even if it comes in. You know, it's a Saturday to kick off the shoes and listen to a couple nerds talk about a giant lizard. Yeah. And a guy with but again, a gun and a drink. You could problem. be in the future and listening to this on a Wednesday. Yeah. Or a Thursday. You can wait till Wednesday to listen to this. Who knows? All it, right. You know what? And like all the the rest of the audience, I think this was a big mistake, Nick. Let's uh, pause, come back, and it'll be Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're back. We're back. Happy Wednesday, Happy everybody. Wednesday. I hope it, you're still enjoying your free content that, you know, we really shouldn't be beholden to, that we yeah. probably pay for more than you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you know what? You know, you could be listening to this in 200 years, and Wednesday might not even exist at that point. Whole new calendar. Whole new, you know, alien-esque calendar. The Mayans were right. (laughs) A little little late. They they meant 22-12. Nick, uh, it's a a Godzilla episode this week. Yes. We have some some, uh, house cleaning from our previous episode. I, I made... We made three mistakes. Well, I made two of the mistakes. Yeah. We made one together. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. That's just you forgetting stuff. Well, no. Listen. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I and listen, other people tried to cover for me, but I'm going to come clean. I mentioned Danny Villeneuve's name. Dennis Latin. Vanilla. Yeah. Danny Den- Villeneuve. Yeah. Because for some reason, I just thought he was directing Bomb 25. That's not the case. He's not the director. I See, should- but I, like, we had talked about this off mic. I thought... You were making a joke. Yeah, that's what a lot of people thought. But you know what? I'm well, not, then if everybody thought that, why? Because, are you but bringing, I'm why I'm are you an honest I'm yourself? an honest man, right? I don't need to lie. I don't need to cheat. But to my you way. weren't lying though. I know. I I mean, I I, I want to admit to my mistakes. I yeah. fully admit I made a mistake. Hmm. I want to give credit to Kerry Fuginagua. I think mm-hmm. what is is that his name? Yeah, Again. you got it. I want to make sure. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm ever great with names. Yeah. Um, Hence this apology. <laughs> I also feel bad because I was looking back through my notes from last week's episode. Yeah. And I totally forgot to talk about the famous car flip. So, yeah. Well, that that passed. Yeah. So, that was the other mistake I made. Well, no. When we do one of our special episodes of stunts. Yeah. Best stunts. I, I will save it for that one. Yeah. But, you know. 
But it was a world record stunt. But, and, but you know, you know, this is all free content that you get. You guys get anyway, so you should be happy that you get any of these but, fun facts. But the biggest mistake yes. that we made. In this the is last the only episode, one that matters. The only one that matters. This I will apologize for. Is we forgot to mention who Harrison Ford was in Casino Royale. The classic segment: Who is Harrison Ford? Who is Harrison Ford? It's it's. But it's, you had a you you were pretty set yeah, on oh, who yeah. you thought. Oh, he I, be. he's he's uh he's someone who's at the airport and he's incredibly angry that his flight was delayed, even though <laughs> even yes. though everybody is telling him, yeah. sir, there's there's a situation on the runway, yeah. like you know, it's very clearly like an action sequence is happening on the runway, and he's just still pissed that he cannot get. To Florida, I would. Um, I would also. There's two other suggestions I would have. I would also accept the uh, pilot of said plane mm-hmm. that was going to the experimental plane that was going to launch. I would also accept another older guy at that resort that they're at at the end, like yeah. when Bond uh, is still recovering, mm-hmm. and they get the other guy. Like they, that other guy gets taken away. Yeah. You know that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it should just be like Harrison Ford off to the side, <laughs> and they both just kind of like give a nod to each yeah. other and Harrison Ford gives like a grumble and like a tip of his mojito. All all solid suggestions. Yeah. Um so that 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 was it but that is the most important thing. But we yeah. also I think we should cuz this came right off the heels of the last episode is there is you, we have a release date for yeah, so the, Bond. The, the release date got delayed again. Yeah. Uh originally was supposed to come out in uh February of 2020. Um, and now it's going to be coming out in late April of 2020. Mm-hmm. So basically, to kind of give a sense of you know what's going on in cinema this year, and it, it moved from the Alita Battle Angel slot mm-hmm. to basically the Avengers Endgame yeah. spot. Right. So, um, so they're really kind of pushing it because that was the whole thing is that though it's February 2020, kind of like doing that early year thing, pushing it back to April is giving me that sense that they're you know both. Uh, Eon and Universal, who is actually going to be the ones distributing this movie, mm-hmm. which is a big deal just because it's going to be the first time that MGM United Artists isn't really doing much with it. Um, but yeah, it, the distribution right now is Universal, but it seems like they have confidence in the project just move based on it moving kind of in that more right. of the heat of the summer season. Well, because like in 2020 is interesting because like that's like there's that period where the film slate isn't as clear right yes, now because yeah. there's really no like definitive marvel slots there's no star, star wars, wars movie slots, no it's it's like there's still some kind of live action disney stuff to be planned out but mm-hmm. really like i mean i'm not i won't be surprised that post infinity uh, post infinity it's already post infinity war post end game yeah we'll probably know a little bit more of what's going on with marvel next year yeah 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 um but yeah it's gonna there's there, i think there's a lot of opportunity to slide in right now yeah. and i think that eon took that took that slot but it's just to me uh you know it, it really does it's gonna be interesting to see once we get more information on this movie because even like the tone around when it was the danny boyle version I feel like there was never really that confidence in that version from Eon. It was all, mm-hmm. you know, because there was, again, there was really no official announcement about it. It was just like Boyle's like, yeah, I'm going to sure, do a new sure, Bond sure. movie. And there was no real, like, sense of what was happening. And now that this movie's actually kind of in active, you know, development, you know, and, you know, Fuganagua is, you know, completely on board. They've moved the release date to, you know, a more traditional summer slot. Um, they're more, you know, you start here, starting to see a little bit more about it's Bond 25, 
you know. So I think they're. I think whatever's happening with them. I think they also just brought on a, a, a new writer to, to do a final pass at the script. So I feel like they're whatever's going on with Bond Twenty Five, this movie that you know continues to exist um, in the minds and hearts of people at Eon. Um, you know, it seems like they're getting a little confidence in in what what they have in store. And I, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Just because it is Craig's last, and you know it's the first time. Like, I think again, I've mentioned this before that a friend of a friend of the podcast, Patrick, you're probably not listening to this yet because you need to see this movie, uh, but you will listen to it someday. This is a very long <laughs> response. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I literally, I just asked, when is it coming out? <laughs> Uh, um, you're probably gonna cut most of this out anyway. No, not now. Um, basically, the only thing I said is that it's it's still gonna be interesting because it's the final. You know, we know it going in. It's the final Craig movie, which is a first for any of the Bonds. So we know we've been over this. I know, but it was just you know you brought it up. <laughs> will I will not stop talking about this until they start shooting. I know. I get it. It's just funny. I just, this it's movie funny. is still nebulous. Yeah. I yeah. just I'm just trying to take something from this movie that's been nebulous for so long. Yeah. You want to say nebulous again? Nebulous. Since right. Skyfall. Since Spectre. Well, right? Nick, nebulous sounds a lot like nebula, which you can find in space. And what else can you find in space? A Godzilla. A space Godzilla, as it were. Which, Godzilla which br- from space. Because he's not in space. You know, Godzilla isn't yeah. in space, but there is a Godzilla from space. Yeah, it's not like Godzilla. It's like we have to send him to space. Like in that would be a badass movie though. Yeah. Well, it would be like, um, was it a uh, Planet Hulk in yeah. like the comics? Mm-hmm. So they have like a planet. It's like we were able to like strap Godzilla to a rocket and then shoot him into space, and then he like goes onto like another planet, and then he becomes like the even kinger of monsters. And they send no, or they, then they send him back. Yeah. After he's destroyed the planet. Well, because he gets smart. He's smart Godzilla he's now. Smart Godzilla now. Yeah. Because. He's like flying. He's like in a chair, like in a Thanos-like yeah. chair. Another like type spaceship. of radiation made him smarter. Like yeah, a, a specific radiation. Okay, we've got this pitch from the, the radiation from the, the from the red sun or like, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, but yes, um, this week's uh, or this month's Godzilla movie, nineteen. 19- well, it's also this week. Yeah, this week, uh, nineteen ninety four, directed by Kensho Yamashita. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. The um we are one, two, three, four, five films into the Hasty series. Mm-hmm. Ninety eight. What Eighty nine. Eighty nine, sorry. Eighty nine. No, bio- no, eighty wait. Eight, eight, yeah. No, you're wrong. Eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah. Eighty four, eighty five. Eighty five, eighty five. Return of you Godzilla. You said ninety eight. That hasn't come yet. <laughs> That's coming really soon. <laughs> Um, okay, I, I, I was wrong, I admit. Uh, so, uh, retur- Returns, um, Biolanti, King of the Monsters. Mm. Not King of the Monsters, King Ghidorah. <laughs> Get we're, yourself together. No, this... it, it's literally like it, we're recording late. That's why. It's, yeah, it's just that was funny. Um, okay, but it's that um, King Ghidorah, Mothra, um, Mega Godzilla, Mega Godzilla. So yeah, so the fifth in the Hasty series. So wait, yeah, no, yes. <laughs> so we we've we've had five films. This is the sixth. 
Right, correct. Yes. Math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is go- the six, but we are five films into it, and mm-hmm. then they're starting development on this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's going to be the six in the Hazy. <laughs> what a journey that, that was. So, Nick, are we ready to talk about the sixth film? I've been waiting in the for a little, like a week now. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, because going into this one, any ideas of Space Godzilla? Uh, where it's we're at? a Space Godzilla. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we're following up. Um, Mechagodzilla two, really, you know we. But when you but when you hear that the next movie is Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, I'm thinking what, what that you, it's think it's like Godzilla, but he's from space. Okay, that's really. Like, I mean, <laughs> what else could it be, really? Well, it's like kind of like Mechagodzilla, like yeah. you know, you expect like you, a Mecha version yeah. of Godzilla. Um. So okay, well, uh. With 1994 mm-hmm. uh, coming back, and also remember, we're coming off of the last movie, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla two. Um, still, um, good, some decent success, but it's not reaching uh, what Toho uh, has wanted uh, with uh, Mothra, because yeah. Mothra is the new benchmark, right. and that's the movie that they're trying to basically match or supersede. Um, wasn't able to with Mechagodzilla, so. Um, but there's some interesting. Um, there's some interesting directions with the franchise at this point as we're approaching the 40th anniversary of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, as um, Toho finds themselves, uh, once again, like uh, deciding what direction that they want to go. So despite the decent trend of success in the franchise, Toho had actually uh, anticipated uh, the American Godzilla to be made um, soon around this time. Because if we remember back in 1992... There was the official announcement that TriStar had the um, had gained the rights to, to make their own to film. To make an American Godzilla. Um, so, and that's coming. So with that in mind, Toho actually did not plan on making uh, a Godzilla because around this time is when it should have been coming out. Right. So they had and no intention of making they've one. They've talked about it before. It's just like they were going to basically get ready to step to the side and, and let the like American Godzilla be its like it be its own thing come out and, well you know. actually um, I thought we would take this time to take a little sneak peek into the progress of the American film because um, as we talked about last time with um, the rights being gained by TriStar Toho was extremely everybody at Toho was extremely um, supportive of that decision um, like basically anybody of importance from the company was uh, very was very much for the idea. Uh, the original uh, Godzilla superformer Haru Nakajima was uh, eager to see the competition that would come from different iterations of the King of the Monster, which is what we had talked about last time. Uh, special effects directors Teriyoshi Kanu, uh, who was an effects director from the late Showa series, and Koichi Kawakita, who was the um, direct uh, the special effects director of the Heisei series our current series right now, uh, they were excited both to see uh, new directions for the Godzilla films just in general, but they also were uh, very excited to see what newer special effects technologies uh, just over time and then uh, like from different, um, like from Hollywood, what will Hollywood special effects bring to the King of the Monsters, which Mm. always goes back to the reason, you know, I always praise the movies is for craft, so it's like these guys are kind of like, oh, they're craftsmen, they want to see how different people make these types of movies. Right. Um, but the one of the biggest uh, approvals uh, actually came from Ashiro Honda himself, who uh, gave a big thumbs up to an American version of the movie, stating that it would probably be much more interesting than the ones currently being produced by Japan. Ooh, a little shady. Yeah. Isn't, like, his whole... His whole... 
he kind of sound like Ashira Honda kind of reminds me of the type of guy who like is basically the godfather of all these types of like Japanese like sci-fi monster movies mm -hmm. and like kind of like has that like yeah I guess I did it but you know yeah. it's nothing special on despite it being like this like huge like like who part of his career yeah like, his that was basically what he was doing like you know for the you know latter half of his career really <laughs> yeah um so, um, where am I? So the only, uh, so they were 100% supportive, uh, Toho being of the Americans. The only, uh, the only, uh, protective move that they had made in that whole process was they submitted in a, uh, document about the rules of what, uh, they basically gave rules for Godzilla. Like, this is what you have to do with Godzilla, which was basically described as a four-page, single-spaced memo about the physical requirements of the creature. But even mm. despite giving that, they were very hands-off yeah. of the whole process. Um, unfortunately, by the time that 1994 rolled around, TriStar's only pro progress uh, about with the movie, with their American Godzilla movie, was submitting a draft of the script, would which would eventually be submitted later that year uh it was written by infamous hollywood screenwriters who can you guess what two screenwriters do you think were submitted the big godzilla film elliot and rosio yep <laughs> why does that not surprise <laughs> me can you so for our audience can you give like a brief why that's funny to us so elliot and rosio um is a writing team that they get themselves attached to a lot of different famous projects. Stuff like they—they were writers for Aladdin. They were writers for Shrek. They were writers for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. They were writers for the Lone Ranger. Um, I have many opinions on them. What? How would you succinctly describe all like... the good movies they've made? Have had many other writers on them. That's how I would succinctly okay. describe them. They're—they're uh, they're these people that they can. They can make interesting action sequences, but they always have to put something extremely weird, you know? And they, they're never really, like, as traditional as you think they should be with right. the amount of writing that they do. Um, just kind of look at how the evolution of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And you and me, we like those first three movies. We're, we're a fan of the original Pirates trilogy. Mm -hmm. But the further those movies go in, the more weird stuff they happen. You know what really describes Elliot and Rocio to me? Mm -hmm. um, that moment in The Lone Ranger where they randomly come across the vampire bunny. Yeah. Like in the yeah, desert. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for that. That yeah. never pays off. But that's <laughs> such an Elliot and Rocio well, see, for me, it's more why it's funny. It's because they're, like, the big, like, they are attached to, like, every big thing. Yeah. Or there was that period where they were yeah. to, like, everything. And it was kind of like their hit to, like, like they had their names on some good things. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, the Pirates movies was, like, a big thing. But, and also, when you take a look at, like, their batting average, it's not like they're the most amazing. And if anything, they're very functional screenwriters mm -hmm. that their movies probably do good because of like other factors such as like yeah. the direction like Pirates of the Caribbean I think is more of a directed and performance movie with a decent functional plot yeah. like that actually maybe because that's actually one of their really good examples I think of work that they've done but yeah. but, but I, you're right but it's also like the the bunch of different writers and... I always find that like if there was a real way I mean we're not going to get too much on this tangent but if there was a real way to describe Elliot and Rossio I just feel like Elliot and Rossio are the type of people that you you go for like a really solid idea for a first 
first draft. Yeah. Like they're they're very they're very good at either giving you a good first draft and then having other writers work on it, or they're very good at taking other writers' work and giving you that little like at edge that it needs. Yeah. I just feel like when they're on their own, especially when they're on their own, those are the movies of theirs that struggle the most. You you know what this kind of but the re, to bring this kind of back around to the production of a Godzilla movie as we will find out in the, with the story of how this movie was produced, that there is a very, like, kind of, like, specific, like, they'll put, like, maybe a certain writer onto a Godzilla movie and they'll hash out an idea and stuff. Um, I I just feel that when you have Elian, uh, uh, how do you say his last Rosio. name? Rosio. When you have them in the mix, that is the most clear definition like definitive like this movie is in the hollywood machine it's in the hollywood machine. yeah it, it's like they now because it's godzilla it probably has a little bit notoriety so they get like kind of like some of the better people but it's clearly just because you're right because it's going to be churned through them and then it's going to go throughout With like other people yeah. yeah other people so it, but it's definitely because and maybe it's because of how these are the the news and how the information that we have on the godzilla movies i not to say it's like oh th- these are all like big passion projects but it's like you it's definitely a different vibe i get when it's just like oh yeah they got like a writer and they hashed out an mm-hmm. idea and then they got the special effects director whereas like i just i feel the machinery turning yeah. in the in the american See, version I'm, and of i'm it. very interested the when we get to that movie two movies down the line um i'm going to be very interested to see just more of that mach- how that machine kind yeah. of created that movie, which I haven't seen, but I know enough about. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, that script wasn't even going to be submitted until later in 1994. But basically, throughout like you know the production and seeing like the, like what the Americans' progress had been, it had become very clear to Toho that there wasn't going to be a movie in 1994 for f- the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Well, we have to make something to yeah. keep the brand alive mm-hmm. for for this benchmark because." Um, so basically this became a production much unlike, uh, the previous, uh, films in the Hasty series, this, you could consider the most like, oh, this was the rushed production mm. of them. Mm. Um, and it okay. was also a movie that had no definitive like direction of where it was going to go because even the previous Hasty series had leaned on the, well, we're just going to bring back some of the old monsters. Right. And now here's a movie we're, that they didn't even plan to do. And they're like, and they kind of had gone through most of like they've had three movies of r- reviving characters essentially yeah. two things one that does as you've said you know with sometimes net information colors this movie a little bit <laughs> they all it always does it uh, always does two that does kind of just come up with i'm and i'm sure we'll figure out we'll, we'll talk about it but it just makes me think of like we need to do something what kind of monster could we do space Godzilla. Well, actually, you would be surprised at how much more thought there is in Space Godzilla. But we'll get to that in a minute. But it just seems like it seems like when yeah. you say that, it just seems like that would be the process, right? And they're like, okay. But I'm sure I'm no, I'm sure there's more thought to put into it. But so um, with all that, uh, Toho uh, would eventually hand the job over of the film over to director Kensho Yamashita and writer Hiroshi Ka- uh, Kashi sorry Kashi Wabara Ah Kashi Wabara. Um, you got it. Got it. Nailed I'm proud it. Proud of you. Um, so, what's interesting about these hires is that neither one had experience uh, in the kaiju genre of film. The only one is that they were involved in certain roles in the terror of Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, all the way back then, yeah. Um, so, 
the so um Yamashita um he had while he had a lot of um credits for being an assistant director uh it had been almost 7 years since his last uh solo di- directed film uh he that, didn't direct solo hey. hey um his last film uh before this film was um called 19 and it was a near future sci-fi film about teenage time traveling patrollers hunting down time traveling vampires so we got to we got to seek this movie out is what i'm trying to say <laughs> um so um, that's, a, that's a boys' night right there. As for the writer Kashiwabara, uh, his credits were mostly uh, films and projects about like teenage idols and teeny bopper films, and um, okay. so and like I said, the only connection they had was Terra Mecha Godzilla back in the day. So production continued with these two at the helm, and the first decision, which fit the sensibilities of the previous work they had done before, was that they wanted to make an entry that was the most lighthearted of the hazy series up into that point like mm-hmm. they they went in with the intention yeah. of making okay. a more kid friendly family film even or the, family like kind of probably monster the most film. like the, the one with the most lighthearted elements is probably mothra and even by the end of that movie you're kind of into the heavy spiritual nature of, yeah exactly of, of that world and that character so there's really not not none of these hazy films have really been like the the fun family lighthearted, like you know nothing on a you know on a level of like you know Definitely no all monsters attack. Yeah, no, there. definitely not. Yeah, and it, it is it is true because like these all have been acted like I mean it started like really earnest and then it became like kind of like sci fi adventure films almost right, right by yeah. the time, but it, no, with some heavy stuff in it. Um, so with this new direction, that would include some tonal decisions and redesigns of characters. Uh, but the two also wanted to continue a focus on the human characters and flesh out some of the franchise's mainstays, specifically in this case, the reoccurring, our favorite reoccurring casual psychic, Miki Sagusa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we will obviously talk about that as we yeah. talk about the film. Uh, but let's get to the monsters, mm, Nick. Yes. Space Godzilla. Space Godzilla. A Godzilla from space. He is a Godzilla from space. How would you describe Space He's Godzilla? Godzilla. With a lot of crystals on him. Yeah. <laughs> and like a little bit buffer. Like yeah. A little bit, like a little bit more. He's been hitting the gym. Yeah. Like a little bit more of like he's he's got that, um, like the uh, thing from Space Jam where the all the. Oh, buffer. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they got like the, not the ooze or yeah. like the, the mojo. Right. Yeah, they got the mojo. What, it, what is that called in Space Jam? I don't know. It's they all touch the basketball, right? You know, and then I, they get buff. Just like the Toy Story franchise, I secretly hate Space Jam. Yeah. Well, you actually do hate Space Jam, though. Eh. <laughs> Let's not get into this. I'm just saying, but what was that called? Their essence? Yeah. Their, their I, play? Again, I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Anybody. Hey, if, you, if you ask me about Looney Tunes back in action, I can tell you all about that Listen, movie. anybody, write into the email. <laughs> let us know what it was called in yeah. Space Jam. Um, or, or like Bane's Venom. Yeah, like he got injected that, with a super yeah. soldier. That's serum. a much simpler, yeah, idea. Um, but, but yeah, he that, also he's got a lot of crystals. That's the main thing. About yeah, him. That, that that's what he's like. He's got like kind of like a he can fly. He's got like a telekinetic thing going on too. Yeah. At his, times, his, his, his he can fi- shoot crystals at you. Yeah, his fire breath is a lot more fiery. Yeah, a little bit more it's cosmic. Cosmic space. Mm-hmm. Well, uh. The idea for Space Godzilla actually originated back in 1978, during mm-hmm. that period between the show and Hazy series. So that's when definitely during a hashing out mm-hmm. ideas uh, about what to do with the Godzilla franchise. 
Um, and actually, one of the original designs um, had a monster that was way more reminiscent of a Biolante. And if you actually, um, I'll post this up. Uh, on our social media, but early designs of it basically looked like a crystal version of mm-hmm. Biolante. Um, another proposed design element resembled a Western dragon-like creature with large fin-like wings. Uh, more versions included an albino Godzilla with fire and ice rays. Oh, that would have been sick. <laughs> oh, I, oh, man, I wish they had done that and out like a white Godzilla. Yeah. Would have been really cool. And it can shoot both fire and ice that at would, you. Okay. Okay. They, they missed a trick here. But here's, a, here's, another, here's another cool one, just another cool monster idea. A, uh, a quadruped that commanded a swarm of cosmic dragonflies. <laughs> um, not, not the bees. Um, eventually, uh, they would uh, land on this design that we see in the movie, uh, which would take uh, closer form to Godzilla himself. And actually, if you if you are interested in looking up the design, he strongly resembles Super Godzilla from the 1993 uh, Super Nintendo video game. So if you like look that up, it's like almost identical, like sans the crystals. Like that that's really the only difference. Yeah. Um <clears throat> another monster, or quote unquote monster, we have Nick is Mogera. Mogera. AKA Mobile Operations G Force Universal Expert Robot Aerotype. <laughs> All right. Wait. So this guy, it's basically a com it's a combination of Mechagodzilla's body, yeah. essentially, like Mechagodzilla, with the drill henchman from the Sonic the Hedgehog animated yes, series, yes, with a little bit of Rob from Smash Brothers kind of thrown in there. Yes. That's basically what this 100% is. 100% what, what it is. Um, but this is the most interesting one, because uh, this film, um, well, starting back to why Mogura is in the film, uh, the film actually intended to bring back Mechagodzilla, um, but... It was uh, bringing back Mechagodzilla was de- not only deemed a little bit too repetitive, but they also thought that Mechagodzilla was too much was would in the world be too powerful for the role that they would have wanted to give it in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of wanted something that would. They didn't want to create an environment where it's like, all right, well, this monster that almost killed Godzilla is like coming back and then it's like logically it would just be like a too right. easy of a fight because honestly, the whole point was super i mean sorry space godzilla is supposed to you'd be, be kind of the you'd big be bad. technically having three godzillas as well yeah and, I and think a godzilla you know, extravaganza mm-hmm. um uh so two to- godzillas is more than enough so toho uh decided to go for a different type of robot which led to mogura uh but this isn't mogura's first time on screen uh, Mogura was actually a robot from the 1957 Ashiro Honda film The Mysterians, where it was an alien robot created to destroy humanity. Um, and they kind of like redesigned it, gave it more of a Mecha Godzilla look for this uh, film, and they they brought it back. Once again, another fun thing about how they kind of are like yeah. secretly kind of like recycle some of these old monsters and keep them in the canon and the zeitgeist, yeah. the lore, like the and, and niche I'm sure, zeitgeist. I'm sure Ashiro Honda really cared. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this film, uh, it's not an alien robot. It is a UN-created mecha designed to help fight Godzilla. Um, interestingly, though, in this version, Mogura actually maintains certain elements that were proposed and scrapped for Mechagodzilla in the previous film. 
this included a more expansive arsenal, which made sense because Mogura had that in the Mysterians movie. But the more interesting ability was the ability to split into different mini vehicles, which yeah. was, if we remember, a proposed idea for Mecha Godzilla in the in Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla Two was scrapped for that movie, but we see makes it into this one. Yeah, and the names of these two vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. Are we going to wait? We'll wait to the movie. Because you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. 100% know what I'm going to say about yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what you're going to say, but I we'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk about we'll it. Talk okay. about it. What, yeah. Well, we can talk about it soon because I only have one more uh, final note on uh, – the, well, before we get into that, your thoughts on our two, because we I have notes on our returning monsters, on our Godzillas, and of different sizes and shapes. Yes. Uh, but what what do we think of our, our newcomers coming to the to the ring to the stables? How do I say this? <laughs> Space Godzilla is interesting. Like he he is interesting mm-hmm. especially for it just being like it's a godzilla with crystals but i it's hard to talk about it without really getting to my thoughts of the movie what what the thing about space godzilla is and it really is a thing that i'll say for most of the movie is that there's a lot of interesting ideas presented there i do think that it is kind of probably more some of the more effective of the ideas in the movie are go to space godzilla i think that they give him like you know, they give him an increased power level. They mm-hmm. really make him just a beast in mm-hmm. terms of just pure destruction. And I think that makes him a very interesting matchup for this Godzilla. Because really, it's funny because I think it, it, it what it does is that it really puts this Godzilla in kind of more her, her, her heroic role mm-hmm. for the first time. Because I think what they do with, with Space Godzilla is they make him a more, even more so like pure destructive chaos. Mm-hmm. Like just pure rage and destruction. Whereas Godzilla, you know, you kind of have a more methodical. Mm-hmm. I think for Mogura, I think what Mogura works as kind of the failed experiment type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that it kind of works in that sense. And I, I would 100% agree that putting Mechagodzilla in that role would have been a mistake. Because we really all already saw it in the last movie how much that Mecha Godzilla struggled at times, you know, mm-hmm. in the first fight with Godzilla and you know having to kind of improvise with Rodan, and there, there would be too much similarities, I think. So I think Mogura does work for that role. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, um, I have more specific thoughts about it. I'll get that to that in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think I, 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 I'm, one... trying, I'm, I'm holding back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the one final note I had on the production of this movie, though, was that. Uh, Composer Akira Fukube refused to work on the film after reading the script, which he did feel uh, was a little bit too juvenile and reminded him of the teen idol films that the uh, director and writer were mm, known not, for. Not into the and didn't and didn't didn't, uh, didn't appreciate it. Didn't not. appreciate this this silly little direction that Godzilla is going to um, and had been before. Mm. But yeah. Oh no, Ukubakubi definitely filmed uh scored sillier films than yeah. this. <laughs> um but yeah, so that is basically the production. We have our first uh very uh uh Showa like entry uh into the uh in, into the Hazy series of production wise. Slightly and rushed production uh with um a more lighthearted approach um in a time when they didn't think they were going to make a Godzilla film. Uh, so with that being said, shall we get into Godzilla from space? 
which yeah. is actually Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Yeah, no pigs in space this yeah. time. Mm. That would be an awesome crossover, though. <laughs> There were only two occasions when G-cells were sent into outer space. One, a fragment of Biollante, and two, Godzilla's flesh attached to Mothra. One of these cells must have been swallowed by a black hole and pushed out from a white hole. It grew very quickly in its own evolutionary system, much faster than expected. It assimilated crystal organisms and was exposed to tremendous energies from the explosions of stars. And finally, the most horrific monster was born. That's the theory. And we're back. Yes. All right. We're back to here to talk about uh, from 1994. So let's put ourselves in 1994. The Shawshank Redemption has come out. Yes. As well as other movies. Yeah. But really, you know, who who gives a crap about The Lion King coming out in 94? The Shawshank mm-hmm. Redemption. I don't know. It's one of those things. That the YouTube algorithm has put some Shawshank Redemption clips. Mm-hmm. And I've really actually never seen that movie. But yeah. I've kind of did you actually? Did you accidentally like hit on like a clip? I'm or sure. Something I'm sure it? I hit of a clip of like yeah. a similar. Don't movie. you hate that? Like where it's like sometimes that happens with certain videos where I watch like I, I like it's like maybe from a YouTuber that I don't like love and maybe I accidentally click on it and I'm like God damn it that's like another like like couple weeks of, of them suggesting of, the, the and, me, and me telling them yeah. i'm not interested yeah how often do you press the not interested oh and if, if if it's a negative one of those negative like everything wrong with like yeah. or like here here's what stinks about mario game like, <laughs> yeah well here click on our video uh, podcast link about what we thought about Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. What did we think about Godzilla versus Space Godzilla? I think I'm going to go first on this one. Are you going to uh, go first? Yeah, because so I watched this. Unfortunately, Nick and I were not able to watch this film together. No, um, due to scheduling. Due to due to our lives we're living. Yeah, uh, our decently waged lives, and um, and but I I did watch this i did have a very good time i brought in uh the holidays with this movie where i was at home uh my dog uh decided to that he would like to sleep in 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 bed with me Mm -hmm. and uh, i needed a movie to bring in christmas so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna watch Godzilla versus Space Godzilla because it was one of the one of the ones I hadn't wa- rewatched in a while mm-hmm. and uh, and because I it wasn't I didn't rewatch it uh, I I usually rewatch them before our watch just so I can like get notes mm-hmm. and like yeah. just put like another pair of of eyes onto it and um, my takeaway with this movie is I don't know why I don't love it. You know what? I I can I can ch- jump in here. Yeah, because just real quick, because there's a lot of things where I'm like, I like that, I like that a lot, and I like watching this. Yeah, but like I don't love it. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the thing that I saw. Yeah. Okay. You know, seeing this movie, and this is for fresh eyes for the first time. Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla is a movie that presents a lot of interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting things that they they come up with and little little different plots lines and different like details that that they're like oh that is interesting but they don't really sustain any of them for over the course of the movie none of them really have like the legs that you think they're going to have mm-hmm. so the cuz i, I like the beginning of this movie and then it's just like as the movie went on as you were kind of waiting for that third act fight to come to come yeah, it's yeah. just like it just kind of 
those ideas just never get past the surface level. Now, granted, there are lots of really absurd elements to this movie that kind of bring it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, there are lots of wild things that happen in this movie. But it's just that... The the ideas, the interesting ideas that are presented, yeah. and and that's one of the things where that kind of rush production and the you know not intending to make a Godzilla film, that's where everything makes sense because it's one of those things when you have a rush production, you know, unless you're like getting really lucky with a Megalon where it's just you know everything is shot in three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just making one long fight, mm-hmm. you you write down these ideas of like oh Godzilla being controlled or a Godzilla from space that's like super powerful and, and like comes in energy and mm-hmm. like oh like you know bringing you know really being continuity heavy and like you're bringing all this stuff and it seems like it's all going to be interesting and then it's just it doesn't become interesting you're like you're yeah. just missing that ingredient of like those That's elements fair. like increasing yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't entirely disagree with that i think there may be elements that i may enjoy a little bit more than you but because like this is more for we've had all these movies now so think this movie is more in that Biolanti camp, mm-hmm. more so than the Ghidorah and the Mothra yeah. camp, and because uh, it, it's you're right there there are there are a lot of the interesting questions they're coming up with. I do think that the movie does succeed in certain elements. I do think it is a decent like next step, and I think because I know where like this is going mm-hmm. in the in the next movie. Yeah, so I do think it's a decent next step in like the the canon of it and mm-hmm. like the like in the development of certain aspects of certain characters like Miki or Godzilla itself yeah. um i i will say that they there's a confidence and a success in that they went for a kind of more lighthearted like like kids like fist pumping mm-hmm. film um i think that the movie properly escalates uh, craft and action wise I think that like it's it's still very impressive like seeing like some of the monsters um like like fight fight them and uh fight each other um but yeah no but it, there's also like but there's some missing key ingredients with it where yeah. you're where we are six films in and kind of like going back to you know how he said about Bond that like after you get but so many movies in I need I need this guy to do a little bit more than his James Bond stuff I need yeah. to get into this character or do something so I did feel like this time around like when I got into Space Godzilla maybe six movies into this series or this era like all right it's it's got to be a little bit more than it's just an evil monster from space yeah <laughs> like because yeah. when you really think about it Mech, uh, Space Godzilla comes down. And there's really nothing about him other than he's a dick. Yeah, no, that's really that. It is really the truth. It's like they they basically make they, they do. Here's the thing: they do make him basically like pure evil incarnate, like destructor of chaos. Like, but that's all he is. He's right. basically like a means to have like complete and utter destruction. But see, but this is because the film goes for this more lighthearted tone. It feel it has like this vibe of like. Here comes the big bully who they do like because you don't get the sense of like this is how it's going to destroy the world or stuff. Uh, But it's he like comes in. The first thing he does is kick around Godzilla's kid and then it siphons energy out of a tower. What you kind of needed with Space Godzilla was like that darkness that kind of made Hidora like a a really challenging foe. Because remember like Hidora... Like, for all of Hidora's faults, in the middle of that movie when he's just wiping out, like, 
you know, you know, Japanese people left and right. And right. there's like so many people are dying. And that like really brought a darkness of like, you know, realism to that, that sense. And like, because this is so lighthearted, even though Space Godzilla is presented as like this pure evil, yeah. you don't really get that like destructive sense of with him. Yeah. And I think that that's what's kind of missing from that perspective. But at the same time, with the lighthearted nature of the movie, I do think that this movie did take a step in the right direction of really we're getting more and more on board with like us like ha- like loving Godzilla as a character. Yeah, because because we've talked about this but uh, a couple times and over the course, but the Hazy era has really doubled down on basically like Godzilla as the 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 force the yeah, excuse me. Godzilla as the destructive force of nature. Whereas in the Showa era, we got that evolution of Godzilla being a destructive force of nature to Godzilla being the hero. Mm -hmm. Godzilla being the one that everybody's like, it's Godzilla, he's going to save the day. Right. And even though they still, there's still that kind of debate in this movie amongst G-Force and everybody, whether or not Godzilla is, you know, mm-hmm. still a destructive force of nature, kind of but, something we control or something we right. can't. Like, this is the most heroic that Godzilla sure. has ever been presented in these Hasty sure. films. And but that, that I, is a nice little evolution to like... But I do feel that we have grown from in like let's say Godzilla versus King Ghidorah where it is just, it's Godzilla the monster and uh, like it just feels like, like it's Godzilla the monster it's Godzilla whereas, the monster versus like and he's just like another monster's in his way right yeah whereas I feel like this time around like they're giving the sense of like oh it's this own creature with its own kind of like yeah. personality and like it or it's it they're identifying it as Godzilla the character yeah and I do think that this movie takes that step in the right direction for that it's a step but I still feel like again it's just it's just that like a lot of this the interesting stuff that it comes up with it just doesn't give enough oh sure to, no sure yeah just do and that kind but of, that's what I mean that I hurts think the movie yeah so like because essentially the, the the plot of the movie is twofold we have like the the space Godzilla thing, which I think you wanted to talk about, because basically, w- w- so it's funny because one of the th- one of the famous things about space Godzilla within the fandom is where did space Godzilla come from? Mm. There are multiple. Th- and this is what's hilarious about this movie is that there are multiple um, like origin stories that they give in the movie. Yeah, like. That's what's hysterical about because for one, one of them is that, well, it's Godzilla cells got sucked into a black hole. Well, yeah, and 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 basically, this is where some of the continuity of the Hasty films comes in. Exactly. Yeah. Because Go ahead. They're like, well, these Godzilla cells basically got into a black hole and then absorbed like exploding stars yeah. and then transformed into this monster. But how did these Godzilla cells get in space? But I think this is so funny that the movie is like doing so much work to like, to like, planet. right. Like, so anyway, so go ahead. So basically how did the Godzilla cells get in space? Well, there's two reasons that there are Godzilla. There's cells two ways it could have gotten, gotten up there. Space. Yeah. One is that when at the end of Biolanti, yeah, <laughs> When Biolanti like became all those like spores and like went into space, right? There were definitely Godzilla cells yeah. involved in those. Or when Mothra went on its interplanetary journey through the stars, mm-hmm. uh, it was also possible that Godzilla, during the battle at the end of Godzilla versus Mothra, got some uh, right. of his cells on board. But what's funny to me is like, couldn't they just chosen one of those? 
Like, why did they have to like be like, and just to be thorough for the fans, <laughs> like it could have been this one too. Well, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um. So that's what's going on. And, and, I then, will, and I will, there is more continuity in this movie. And I'm yeah. going to mention both of yeah. those other continuity things. So basically, so that happens and there is something hurtling through towards space Spoiler alert, it's a space Godzilla. Right. So and that's there, happening. And there's like crystals already landing on Earth. Like, you know. Yeah. It's kind of weird how they present it because they kind of present like, oh, God, Mecha, or space Godzilla is hurtling towards Earth. But there's also these like mysterious crystals that mm-hmm. appear on like, I guess, what's it called? Birth Island? Yeah, Birth Island. Birth Island. Um, and so there's these mysterious like crystal things that are starting to pop up, and then at the beginning of the movie I thought, oh, that's Space Godzilla landing, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it wasn't really very clear at the beginning of the movie what was going on. But basically, there's these mysterious crystals, but then also Space Godzilla is hurtling towards. Did you? Did you feel that this movie felt the most? This movie felt the most without really getting into like, oh, it's terrible because I don't think the movie's terrible, but it did kind of have out of the first time this movie like a very. And I guess maybe it's that lighthearted nature, but it just felt like a goofy monster movie. Like, because it's like, because like, the, the beginning has yeah. that vibe of Godzilla from space. Yes. Like, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird. Da, da, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I would still say it's not the worst of the Hasty era because right. I, feel, I still think Returns is just flat. Yeah. But I do feel like this is the one that's most like, oh, it's just the goofy monster movie that you know, has its flaws. Yeah. And I think that that kind of leads it to being like a weaker, a little bit of a weaker entry. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but I, in, the, in that realm that you're saying, it, it, it's, it's like, just, I could tell, and I don't even know if this is a negative. I could just tell from like the first like five, 10 minutes that yeah. they're loosening up the reins of how serious they're going to yeah. take it. Yeah. And not serious in terms of it's going to be like silly, but it's going to like be maybe a little bit more like over the top. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, for, we have an evil scientist in this right. movie. Yes. Uh, um, so which, uh, okay. Which wait, kind wait. of leads into what so, the ba- so basically second the plot, part of the plot so, is. So plot is, is that at the beginning of the movie, G force, again, the anti Godzilla force is basically kind of, there's two different projects happening within that. There's, I think it's called Project T, mm-hmm, yeah. and and that Project T is basically oh we're gonna control Godzilla, we're mm-hmm. gonna basically like put something in his neck and like we're gonna use psychics to control him. Yeah, and then there's also another project, Project M. Yeah, which is Project Mogura, which is like again this is just another Mecha Godzilla Mogura type of deal mm-hmm. where it's like okay, well if this you know Project T doesn't work, we're you know Project M will will be our destructor of Godzilla. So. Um, these scientists want to use Do Project T, which again is they're gonna basically implant uh, something in Godzilla's neck, yeah, and use psychic powers to you know our casual psychics to connect themselves with Godzilla's brain and control him. You're right, and they pitch us the Miki. Mm-hmm. Now, just going from that real quick, um, it was interesting because you know Miki has been a very interesting dynamic in these movies. Yeah. Because, again, I, I think I mentioned this. She, she made her debut in Biolante, where she wasn't really the main psychic. You know, she was basically like a, you know, like a... a she was like a teacher, if a, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, she was just like kind of a teacher, a, a side character psychic, not mm-hmm. the main psychic of that movie. You know, she becomes a major part of the plot of Ghidorah. Yeah. Then in uh, Mothra, she's essentially kind of a cameo, like a smaller role. Yeah, she. I would uh, say she's a cameo. But in yeah. Mechagodzilla 2, we start to get this, like, you know, her debate about, like, she actually cares for the monsters. Yeah. And she's that, that thing where she's like, you know, 
they wanted to kill Godzilla with his second brain. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it, but I'm upset. And then, you know, she helps free him at the end of the day. And what I thought was very interesting was that basically this movie kind of continues that arc for Miki. Yeah. It kind of firmly puts her on the side of the monsters. Yeah. And it, but it kind of starts similarly where she's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to hurt these guys. And then she realizes like, well, none of the, you know, they're like, well, we'll just use another psychic. And she's like, well, well none it, of the other yeah. psychics understand these monsters. None of these other psychics are powerful enough to do so. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of do it and kind of protect and you I would know, say Godzilla it's the it's the it's the one element of the movie that is was is a hundred percent helped by the direction that this movie goes about yeah. being a lighthearted movie that I don't know if every single thing because I think they kind of tangle it up into a romance thing that doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. I would agree. But that being said, I do think again it's all about like these elements. That I do think the movie takes the right direction and especially for where it goes um, in future movies. But I do feel like the reason I say the lighthearted element helps it out is because we see now the monster in this world of the monsters through, like, the eyes of Miki, almost, Mm -hmm. of, like, oh, these are personalized beings with, like, like, personalities that you just can't control and you just can't kill. You've been with her journey. Yeah. Especially because also... I just think that this this change in tone helps facilitate that it makes you the audience kind of like care for her them the or see the monsters in the same way that our quote-unquote lead character does um so yeah so and then that kind of so i mean we can just continue talking about miki and like her yeah because another part of her so she's 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 on board with project t they're gonna go you know to um birth island and they're gonna you know attempt to essentially control godzilla um, with the with the psychic yeah. powers, um, but her psychic powers also come in in other ways. Yeah, uh, because she gets in some communications with people. Mm-hmm. Specifically, yes, she communicates with our fairy friends. Yes, the cosmos, right? It, and They're also, cosmos yeah, the in cosmos these, in this yeah. one. And technically, uh, we're introduced, and this is only really known in the fandom as a th- another monster that's introduced, and that is the mini, uh, f- the fairy Mothras. Which are the the tiny little Mothra yeah. that yeah. they fly in on, mm-hmm. um, because because as we remember from the end of Godzilla versus Mothra, yeah. that Mothra went out into space with the cosmos mm-hmm. uh, to stop a meteorite that was going to hit and destroy Earth. Yes, um, but apparently uh, they they got some wind of like oh there's also a space Godzilla heading right, towards you so they, be yeah, careful of that. They basically called Amiki and are basically like hey by the way in our twin voices. Something's coming, yeah, and uh, it might be our fault. We don't know. No, they yeah. don't say that, but uh, they uh, they're like something's coming, so you got to be ready. Yeah, see, th- those are little things of like, yeah. I mean, I guess like that's that works from the point of view of like it makes it lets us character the characters know like what's yeah. going on. And I do think it, so. It, it's like kind of like a like an one, exposition thing. The, the but. one thing I will say about it, just from a a thematic, not a thematic, from a character perspective, is I think it does kind of lend a little bit of credence to to Miki being like a, a someone who has a connection with these monsters. Yeah. And I do think like even if it's not like listen, I love seeing the cosmos. I don't know if it's the smoothest way to like do that. Yeah. 
but I do feel it's just interesting to kind of that Miki has like a connection with Godzilla and a connection with Mothra. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it just kind of firmly puts her in like this camp of like, oh, she likes these monsters. Yeah. And, uh, and then and, she, or at least she, re- you know, she realizes that these monsters are living creatures. And she also, and to their credit, they wanted to put a focus on the character. She grows, uh, in other ways too. She develops her psychic powers a little bit. We yeah, are she d- she- firmly introduced that these psychics indeed can develop telekinesis. Yes, she, um, she can float people in, in a in a fun ish scene. I think. I well, mean, maybe I, it's because I, I like me. I, I will get to that. Okay, like, a little right. bit later. Yeah. Um, so because there's there's some stuff we have to get through. So they get to this island. So they yeah. So basically, they send out you know the scientist team. So there's a scientist part of the team. There's this girl scientist, and you know the guy scientist is really like developed. Mm-hmm. The technology, and then they also send these kind of two G four soldiers ahead to kind of get everything ready to go. Right. And when the two G four soldiers land on the island, yeah. Which, by the way, before they land on the island, did you like an appearance from a piece of John Barry score from "You Only Live Twice"? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. We have our first true cross- true crossover, crossover. dude. Dude, how could you not like? It was like when I heard it, I'm like, "There's no way that's what that is." And then it's a piece of, it, it is reported that it is a piece of that score. And if not, it's a damn good sound alike. Yeah, you great. know exactly which one I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? When yeah. they're on the boat. <laughs> yeah, our first true Bondzilla Bond crossover. crossover. But I, because listen, we we've gone too far into the movie discussion. Without talking about this fucking guy. This, so I'm just going to call him uh, Bandana. Yeah, his name is Yuri. But yeah, really, Yuri. Uh, okay, all right, you remember his name. Yuri well, Bandana. It's one of those things, like, I, you know, sometimes the Japanese names are not very good at remembering. But, yeah. you know, this fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, to his credit, they they were able to make a definitive character that you oh, could follow and yeah, remember. But, like, when I watched this, because I was watching this and Will was kind of in and out of the room because he was doing work for, for his, his decently paid, you know, just decently, decently wage job. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is the definition of this. So, to describe guy. him, so Yuri is his whole deal in this movie. We're introduced to him as like this badass on this island who seems to be an okay dude. Like, yeah. he's not like a, he's not and, like a like bad one guy. Of his, first, like his first line is like, g-force well we know we're in trouble now (laughs) and he's like just sitting like he i think he's smoking too and like and then you know but you know he's a good guy yeah because when a little godzilla shows up baby baby yeah baby fans know him as little godzilla in this one but when he shows up the guy's like, oh, man, this guy again. So you know he's good with kids. Yeah. So you know like he can't be he's that like, much he's of a He's taking a liking to me. But like this guy, you're right. Like you and me talked about he's the definition of this fucking guy. Like you – to explain, you ever see like a movie or a TV show and there's just one guy – who is just he's basically a thorn in the side of the plot of like everybody yeah just like uh, just every character every plot and it's always like this fucking guy like and, and who's he's, like he a, thinks he's so right like that's the yeah. thing. he thinks he's like he thinks he's the only guy yeah. who like has like who has the clearest vision yeah. of what he needs to do yeah and it's and it's never always the same type of character like the the guy uh, like the coke guy in Die Hard like he's like a that fucking the, yeah, guy the, the, yes yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Like, what's another good example? Um, we need to think of examples of, like, this fucking guy. Oh, um... Think of some of your favorite movies. There's definitely one in, um... 
Aliens, I think, or one of the Alien movies. There's definitely one. Of oh, those. oh, in Aliens. Uh, oh man, the 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 company man. Yeah, I can't remember his yeah. name, but like that guy. That guy's yeah, this, this fucking, fucking guy. guy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, this um, guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, it's just like. Yeah, just yeah. All, just constantly, just uh, always undermining yeah. what's mm-hmm. going on. Even like uh, they're small, they're small. This fucking guy, is. Yeah, like, yeah, like that guy in the Matrix that portrays him. Like that's a that's fu- like yeah, a small. That's a, fucking that's, guy. A, that's a small as this fucking guy. But I mean, like I, you know what? I'll be honest. I kind of, I kind of was entertained I, by I, him I the was, whole movie. He's, he's the most entertaining thing in this <laughs> in really this movie, was. and he's also a very weird continuity connection. Yes, okay. because so we find out. So his whole deal is. He has a blood coagulant that he is going to use to kill Godzilla. He, he's on a mission to kill Godzilla. Yeah, like that's that is his purpose in life. And we find out that his brother was one of the main military characters all the way back in Godzilla versus Biolante. Was it Biolante? I believe it was. Cause, no, because it was the guy. Remember that he he shot the, like the uh, yeah, the the, the missile rock- into like his mouth or in Godzilla's face and then Godzilla's like ah right, and then killed him cuz it was like i was like i didn't know if that was returns or if it was biolante no it's it's biolante okay. yeah um but yeah so th- that's a weird that's a weird connection. thing that's a weird connection cuz at least with like you know with mecha godzilla and like stuff like that and the fairies it's like those are recent but like biolante that's a really far back connection to go with yeah especially it's like yeah remember that one random guy that not random he was a character in the movie yeah. proper but I did think that was funny because. Yeah. Um, but then, but then Yuri, yeah. So he's like not into Project. He's like, why would you want to control a monster like that? And he's like, he's just like, he's just out to kill Godzilla. Yeah. Um, but but he's a nice guy. He's a good dude. All right, because he because he kind of likes baby. Yes. Er, little Godzilla. Yeah. Speaking of which, in the last movie, I was like, hmm, this baby, uh, baby Godzilla is like a little more. He's a little uh, cartoony in comparison to everything else. I was like, oh, man. This movie, they doubled down on him being like a little cartoon character. Like, he <laughs> Well, is- okay, so there is a, there's a reason behind this. Because Kawakita, the effects director, wanted to go a different direction because he was actually not 100% happy with the more dinosaur look of the character. Of- of baby Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So he wanted he intentionally wanted to go in the more cartoonish direction which, you know, kind of fit the sensibilities of the director and the writer and the anyway. Um but it, another fun piece of news is that Kawakita had hoped that with the creature's new look that he could actually pitch an animated children's spin-off cartoon called Little Godzilla's Underground Adventure. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> Had to be underground, didn't it? Um, but I, I mean, listen. Oh, like I, I, I will say this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> listen. It's still not it, ugly. It's no. I kind of was. This would really made this design made me a lot more sympathetic to to little guys. Okay. Like, all right. I, okay. I, I, I did. I you know I'm you know me. I'm not really all about like oh like it's a little cutie. Woo. I'm not like that type of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when when little Godzilla's getting hit by all the, like the tear gas bombs mm-hmm. when he's like walking across, I was like, oh, it's like, good super I, forming. I, yeah. Um. It, it is. It good is. Super it forming. is very good. It's some of the strongest super forming in this movie, to yeah. be quite honest. Well, so. Here's an interesting thing because we have a major redesign with Baby or little little yeah. Godzilla, yeah. Um, so, and that kind of leads to like 
like one of I I think in the last couple of movies I've been seeing like the changes in like how they redesign Godzilla are a little bit more present mm-hmm. um as as these movies go on. Yeah, it's always but really I could subtle see, changes. I could see the sensibilities of and how they fit in the suits. So for instance, Godzilla has way more bigger expressive eyes mm-hmm. in this one or yeah. it's always shot it's designed and always shot in a way where it's these big faces, yeah, and it's these big faces, and they also kind of make Godzilla a little bit more top heavy in this one. I don't love this Godzilla design. This it's was, not the best. No. This was the first time where, and I got what they were going for, and maybe it like helps out a little bit, but the kind of big wide, they went a little too wide eyed for me in this mm-hmm. one. I can hear. Um, and those close up shots are a, a little too close. Um, I mean, still good work on yeah. like the actual creature design, but I I did think the redesigning to have a little bit more of a bigger face just didn't quite work for me. Um, that that was a big thing. Um, so then, um, but I I want to while I'm talking about the two monsters, the other quote unquote monster, Mogura. I have a hot take about Mogura. Yeah, and I think Mogura is a much better realized and utilized mecha creation than Mecha Godzilla Two was in the previous. I film. would not disagree, just because like I think it one it fits what the movie is a little bit more. Because yes. the thing about Mecha Godzilla in the last movie was that they tried to present it as his ultimate weapon, but it never really lived up to that. It was always like the weaker element. Yeah, like even at the end when it's kind of you know teaming up with Godzilla and then kind of you know tries to get those last. Well, you're never of, really impressed. You're by never it. no. Yeah. You're never really impressed because it gets its ass kicked in that first fight against Godzilla and then even when it, it like it's kind of like you know has to improvise against Rodan fire mm-hmm. Rodan you know it gets so beat up that even when it gets to fight Godzilla again it's just like and it nothing. also only shoots beams yeah like it that's I think, really I all think it did. what makes Mogura work is that it is a little bit you feel like it's a little bit more of an underdog creation. Sure. I mean, and, I think that 100% helps. And you I, get a Jet Jaguar vibe from you get, it a, you get a little bit of a Jet Jaguar vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it is no Jet Jaguar. No, so no. Let's I mean, be clear. Jet Jaguar. That's, makes, a, that's, a, that's a high, like, you know. That's a high bar for, especially the on the Bonzilla podcast. Yeah. We've really <laughs> built up how much both of you and I love Jet Jaguar. <laughs> but there's a little bit of an underdog vibe to it. And I do think that, um, you know, I think the splitting up helps. Even though, okay, I'm well, they get, give it, they give it like it can do more. It's a more versatile right. creation. Since, since we're talking about it, it's a little bit ahead in the movie for when it's finally. Yeah, go ahead. Up. Let, let's let's hear. Listen, it. all right. So it splits up, and we find out. Oh, the two parts have two different names. Yeah, right. There's the flying part and like the drill. Like basically, one is like a drill tank, and another one is a ship. Yeah, the flying one's one, a tank, and one's a one's a plane. One's a, yeah, the, the flying one is called the Star Falcon, yeah. which is great. That's a fine name. The the drill is called the Land Mogura. <laughs> what the hell? How lame can you be? The designers of this are like, oh, we need two names. Hmm. What can we name this when Mogura splits up? Ooh, Star Falcon. That's a great name. All right, Jones, what do you think about the, the, the drill? Uh, Land Mogura? That sounds fine. That made me laugh. They couldn't hysterically. even do like ground quake or something. But but you know that is funny, but that whole I mean, the thing is like they and they are able with that underdog element and like all the different types of tricks that they give Mogura and like I kind of found myself like kind of like rooting for like Mogura and then like there was also like a kind of like also kind of some badass moments mm-hmm. that it, it yeah. that this little weird I, chicken I, honestly, robot yeah, had. Yeah. 
Like when it starts drilling. Like the biggest, the funniest one is when the guy just like pumps the button and then it just kind of haphazardly just flies into Space Godzilla at yeah. one point. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was awesome. But I thought that was a far better utilized mecha yeah. creation. Yeah. That and that ca- and I think you're you're 100 right that they went the good direction of not doing a mecha Godzilla because. I will say that you have your regular Godzilla who has all of his normal tricks. You have Space Godzilla who shoots a lot of beams. Actually, if you look in that first uh, scene with them fighting on Birth Island, they don't trade any fisticuffs. It's all beams and stuff. But at least they give him like, oh, he has the flight and the crystal thing going on. Mm -hmm. And then your third enemy is like a weird kind of like chicken robot that like can do a bunch of different things. So I did find like I never felt that like the – the abilities of the monsters got stale, at least for me. Yeah. And I thought I thought mm-hmm. Mogura added to that quite well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so they get back kind of where we are in the plot because we, there's some stuff we need to talk about. I mean, like, so, like, it's basically, it's all eventually just kind of coalescing. Right. In this one plot, there's this big kind of, like, debate of, like, can you control Godzilla? Should we control Godzilla? And we can't just kill him. Yeah, like, they attempt like to. So basically, they, they shoot the little device into Godzilla's neck, and Miki does succeed briefly at... You know, commanding Godzilla to walk before basically just things go awry. Like, it's never really established, like, what goes awry, whether it's, like, Godzilla's brain is too complex to control or if it's, like, found functions in the equipment. But basically... It just Well, they kind of... I mean, I kind of uh, followed that because it was, like, one of those, like... Because it wasn't like like either like the assistant or the scientist or whatever. It's like just turn it up to ten, and then well, it's like, that oh no. A, yeah, but that was the thing. It was like you know, it was like it was like malfunctioning already, and then like the, sure. The main well, guys- I just kind of gathered it's probably hard yeah. to do. Yeah. Like I mean, because they do kind of build it up and like this. It's not and as it's, simple it as is, you think. And they it do is. like it's like it's kind of rushed too. They're like we got it, we got it, we got to do it yeah. now. Because like Godzilla's here. Well, I also, but to be fair, I also do feel like these movies have kind of, in the little that they have explained, they don't make it seem like a psychic is just like, oh, just mind control. Right? Like, no, it, no, it is. There tough. is some like effort and, and like skill to it. And then they're also trying to stop Yuri, this fucking guy, yeah. from like just going off on his own and killing Godzilla, like because he he's about to, he's very easily about to. Yeah. Um. And also at this time, uh, a NASA space station is mysteriously. Oh God! Destroyed. Yes. Yeah. You were so, very entertained. So this, by this scene is amazing because one, okay. There are some good effects in this movie. The NASA destruction scene is not. <laughs> that scene is very, very dated, even for nineteen. You know what it looks like? It looks like if you were on like a Godzilla ride, and it's like the very, very early days of you were like waiting in the lobby, mm-hmm. and that's the little movie that they would play. Yeah, like that's how little production design. Yeah, when it, like when it, it was just so clearly like. These guys are being matted onto it's, a it's like screen. The, yeah, it's like that's like the fan film like effect that, that yeah, was, that's one hundred percent what it looks like. It's a like. fan film effect, but but then also there's a, there's an Amer- there's an English guy, the American guy. So they're basically like NASA has not confirmed like what destroyed the space station, but we can only assume it was some sort of giant monster. <laughs> But the way he says it is just like <laughs> it's so. Perfect. I love it. No, it's like, but it's, it's great. so. That scene is so absurd. But basically, they're like, yeah, some sort of, definitely some sort of monsters on its way. You know what I thought was interesting about all that space stuff? Because eventually they send Mogura up to fight that thing. Yeah, 
And what I did find was interesting was that it was such a, I could easily tell that that was achieved by like kind of creating a big open studio space and just hanging a bunch of stuff like that are like, like asteroids essentially. Yeah. But it was all crafted very well. Like I, I don't think it was like seamless. Maybe because I know what I'm looking at, but I, I don't know. Like I, again, it's one of the reasons I like these movies. But I, I just thought that was kind of like fun, like and very admirably done. Like I thought the mm-hmm. effects work on this movie were it was very was v- impressive in many ways. I thought. Yeah. No. I, I I do think other than that NASA scene. Yeah. Um, that that one's no good. No. 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 Yeah. That that one that one is really rough. But I do think it just kind of keeps up with this general hasty era. Yeah. Of um, you know, just uh kind of doing these things, you know, using the suit effects and using kind of the traditional Toho right. effects, but in in an updated way. So, and then, so then after that, are we, do we get into, like, eventually Space Godzilla just makes its way to Earth? Yes, yeah, so... Because uh, you're right, because it's kind of weird when you watch the movie. That's why it's like, it's a very weirdly paced movie. Yeah. Because there would be things where it will spend time going out like going through certain character beats or going through certain action beats but then it's just like with and with a you with know like of a wrist yeah it's like oh and it's, it's space godzilla is fighting godzilla these, you know because like, on birth island they, they find all these crystal um uh crystal pools yeah yeah by yeah. the way that does remind me of another fucking yuri thing yeah where he's when they first meet him because they discover these pools and then he's like don't move and he has a gun and then he's basically like everybody's like, oh, he's like gonna shoot him, and then no, he just takes oh off. yes, there is a moment like that. He yeah. takes off the poisonous tick, and it's like, oh, that could have killed you in a bite, <laughs> but I saved you. <laughs> this fucking guy. This fucking guy. But anyway, because so- again, he's not always a thorn in your side, like productive wise. He's just a thorn in your side by just being like, oh, come on, like you don't have to shove it in my yeah. face that you yeah. rescued me. So basically, you know, Space Godzilla comes to Earth. Yeah. He, he and it's just immediately a dick. He pulls a Ganondorf and and places baby in a crystal. Yeah, but before that, he's like just shooting beams around him. Like he's doing things like always like lifting him up from the ground and yeah. like throwing him around. Like why is like what is this guy's deal? Like is he like I didn't get like is this guy like trying to be like the Godzilla? Is he like basically the Craven? Is he the Bane? Like is does he think he's the Bane? Like yeah. I don't like what is he's what is this venom, guy's deal? I'm telling you. But uh, yeah. do you think that they did a decent job of like, oh, Godzilla is like this this one's father now, like, or they they care for each other? I wish other. there was a little bit more. Oh, well, I'm glad you said that, Nick, because there is one deleted scene in this movie. Mm, and, and can I guess? I'm assuming it's like Godzilla being a little bit more concerned. There is a whole emotional scene, and this is right after the aftermath of the Space Godzilla fight on Birth Island. Uh, this is right after Space Godzilla imprisons him in the uh, Crystal Prison. Godzilla has an emotional moment and tries to break the prison to no avail, mourns for a second, and then that is what explains his charging yeah. towards uh, yeah, no, Space would, Godzilla. That's that thing where it's like, I just, again, I think the evolution, you need that evolution eventually, you know, if you're just going to do a series of these, of like Godzilla being like more heroic figure. Yeah. And well, think, that's what this yeah, scene would no, have been. And, and I think like that scene would have really helped kind of continue that vibe. I, yeah, Yamashita, he, for some reason, he felt that the scene was too sad or dark for the otherwise lighthearted movie, which was a decision that super former Ken, uh, Ken Shapiro Satsuma uh disapproved of i disapprove of it yeah too. no and and it is weird because just even like continuity plot wise it's just kind of like that just happens yeah and then like and then it's like 
Godzilla, the next time you see Godzilla, he's just walking up on Japan. Right, like, yeah. Like he's, it, he's like, they do a little bit of water travel, yeah. and then it's, it's like... It's yeah. definitely a bad but, edit, because and, the the movie before that, they do paint the picture that Godzilla does care about this thing, so yeah. it's not like you didn't have that in the movie anyway. Like, yeah. it, it's in the movies, so you could have just nailed it a little bit more but, if you kept that scene in. Yeah, and this is really where, like, the movie starts to have that, like, kind of meandering little... You know, plot because what ends up happening is that obviously, baby is again crystal prison. You know, he's Zelda. You know, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. Godzilla is Ganondorf in this scenario, um, and then Godzilla chases after him, and then so Miki makes a decision. We're like, oh, I'm gonna stay on this island and like I guess try to communicate with Godzilla or try to like track him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the two soldier guys decide to stay with her. Yuri. The, decides to go back to mainland Japan, where he's like he's going to like learn for his uh, atone for his this fucking guy ways. Well, not not necessarily not yet. <laughs> yeah, but not yet. But also then he's kind of presented as like oh he's like a former ace pilot because like the guy's like we need you Yuri for for Mogura. Yeah. We, we oh need my you. god, we, I forgot. Yeah, he's like there's all these like just ace pilots like yeah. right, like all around. And, and then. But then, like, yeah, because Miki and them are on the island. This is where this kind of weird little romance kind of begins, where she's like, oh. Completely men- unnecessary. Unnecessary. It's like, but all you men is do is fight. Don't you understand the monsters? I'm the only one who understands. And then there's a romance. Then Miki gets captured by the Yakuza. Yeah. Which is like, what? Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Then you find out that the one of the scientist guys is in the pocket of the Yakuza, and now the Yakuza want to wanna control Godzilla. This was crazy. This like, was insane that this, this was a plot line. This, in this comes movie. out of absolutely nowhere. There's yeah. no hint at it at all. There's nothing <laughs> that's going to suggest. Like, even, like, it's not like the, you know, the other guy. It's never really presented, like, it's like the scientist, like, sabotages so he can bring it to the Yakuza. No, he's, like, genuinely trying to, like, make this work. Like, when was he in the pocket of the Yakuza? Was he always in the pocket? Like, how did they get Migi off the island? How did they find him? And then Yuri goes on a rescue mission with the yeah. guys to find him. And then this is when the telekinesis comes in. And this is like, you're watching this. It's like, what is happening? You know what part of this is? Part of this is the most Showa series no, that has it, happened it, it, in No, movie. and when you said that, it's yeah. 100% in terms of production. And I yes. could see, because when you really think about it, that whole, like, big mad scientist thing is the only thing not re- that hadn't been really done in the Hazy series. They've mm-hmm. kind of reinvented every most other tropes that we have seen yeah. uh, from the Showa series. That was the only one that they were like, and... There's a part of me that gets it. I, I get it. There's a well-meaning aspect to it where it's like we're gonna have we're gonna do our own version of the which ends up being kind of like like basically just kind of like a Showa era like mad scientist because his plot is literally like if you have Godzilla then you'll have all the power like he's yeah. like there's nothing else to him other right. than that. Um, and, uh, I mean... But then, yeah, because it's also during the sequence, too, you're, like, thinking, like, well, where's Space Godzilla? Where's Godzilla? Right. Like, you know, I think they probably cut to them once or twice before, but it's like... It's yeah, not, they, I, they cut to them. No- Space Godzilla's flying around. He finally lands in a tower, and he's making... He's siphoning energy from Yo, the planet. So, basically, the, like, yeah, but, yeah, but what, what I'm saying is that, like... There's no urgency at that point in the plot. Yeah. It is just kind of meandering to really the only purpose of that scene is to show that Miki can do telekinesis and she can like, you know, float in, right. in the air and stuff like that. But there's also like you don't need that to introduce that. And it really just 
it really does make the movie kind of come to a standstill. Yeah. Because all, all momentum is lost, is it, especially because, after they leave the cause island. Because it's also then, because then you also have this thing where, like, you know, then at, towards the end of it, finally Space Godzilla starts coming in, but then Yuri's on this rescue mission, so everybody's like, where's Yuri? We need him for the Mogura. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then, you know... Um, also, I found a problem with this movie is that because... You don't satisfact you you you're there's not a satisfactory explanation of what the what space Godzilla's deal is. And I get like sometimes that could be uh, tricky because you don't want to over explain things or whatever. But there is a level of like when they were fighting him, I kind of at certain points lost all sense of like, all right, what do they need to do to yeah. defeat this thing? Because I always like that part about a movie like this. Like it's like yeah, because de- destroy basic- the tower and you and eventually they get there. Yeah, but I did find that I have no idea like what this what this uh i didn't think that they did a good enough job of establishing yeah. what this monster's deal is and right, when it, that came to the fighting like, which looked incredible i thought plot wise i'm like all right like i i get no sense of where am i in this fight mm-hmm. or is it ending is it yeah, like why know, did this guy just lose right there like cuz you get the theory like we've talked about we get the theory scene on 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 space godzilla yeah. which is an absurd scene by the way because it starts off that scene where they're like the, they're all in the room, like the war room, and they're basically like, here's what our theories on Godzilla. It starts off fine because it's like, okay, it's this sensical, like, oh, we know G-cells went into space because of Mothra or Biolanti. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is like, okay, so these mutated. And then all of a sudden, it just kicks into second gear. And it's like, but then these went into a black hole and then kind of created out a white hole. And then it absorbed all these things from exploding suns. And out of that was born Space Godzilla. Or at least that's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> Like literally, that's the scene, and then also that's at the end true. of that scene, that like, is what they do. They're also debating. I forget like what it, I forget, but there's also another another American guy. He's like, I don't care. What are we gonna do about this space Godzilla? <laughs> and they're like, they're all doubled down because that's the oh, I forgot the that's the other thing is that the woman in that scene is all really excited. It's like we call him Space Godzilla. <laughs> like she's super excited about that name, that most obvious name possible. <laughs> but then, but then I guess the point is that that. Space Godzilla you is like plants these crystals in the ground. Yes, and that he's like siphoning energy from like the, he, for the he planet. He takes it from a tower, like an electrical tower. Yeah, in the middle of the the city, and he's basically like the the more that he siphons the energy, the more powerful he becomes. That's what I gather. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, you know, you're right, but it, it, it's just I don't know. I just felt like that the way the movie kind of like kind of moved through all that information just did not. Oh no, no, work. It's, it's not satisfactory. Yeah, and it is just like it, again. There's a lot of cool stuff about that third act fight yeah but it doesn't really grab you in yeah. that way because oh but that's that's the thing i was thoroughly entertained no, I, by the by the by the monster fighting in this and there's some there's a couple there's yeah. one moment in this movie where space where mogura gets the drop on space godzilla and space godzilla impales mogura and then flings him across the city mm-hmm. and it's pretty spectacular yeah. but uh and also in this moment there's another this fucking guy moment oh where uh, the most think, this fucking guy moment you think it's at the end of the it's towards the end of the movie we're in the third act battle and we think he's learned he, he, you think he's paid for his uh this fucking guy's yeah. ways and then he kind of gets like this, all right, I'll pilot it. And then as soon as he gets into the pilot seat, just 
takes the controls and he's like, you're supposed to be heading to space, Godzilla. He's like, nope, I'm going to go kill Godzilla. Like, I'm like, no, no, so, yeah, no, dude. No, 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 no. It's not even that. It's like he's on his way. You know, they're flying. They're going to intercept space Godzilla. Then he hears the call. It's like, oh, Godzilla's also on its way to space Godzilla. And then he's basically like, huh, I can kill Godzilla. Here. And then he just turns around. Yeah. The movie is 100% establishing. So, so he's also, so in, first of all, by the way, before I forget. Yeah. The helmets they wear in the Mogura suit all have these giant M's on them. As if they're like Mermaid Man or that monkey from the uh, Dexter's Lab shorts. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, I think that they lucked out because I'm assuming they, they got them made for Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. And luckily, they're like, all right, well, it's Mogura, so we don't have to that's redo why they call, the helmets. That's why they made sure to call him Mogura. Yeah. Um, but then, but yeah, so the other, he's with those other two soldiers that we've seen throughout the movie. Yeah. To the point where the other two soldiers, like, knock him out. They literally, legitimately, like, knock him out and tie him up. Yeah. To be like, no, dude, this is fucked up. That we is, need to stop Space Godzilla. It is such a this fucking guy thing. Because it's like, it, the movie, and like it, from an audience point of view and within the movie, has established that, no, space. we need to handle this Space Godzilla situation. Like, it's not a, oh, it's the war, it's like two like terrible forces. It's like, no, Space Godzilla, we need, this right, is what we need to like do. Right, because it's like, there's electrical issues all throughout the city, and yeah. you see all the news things. And, and he's like, just like, nah. It's like, oh, there's Godzilla, I'm going to take care of him. Yeah, and then even he... <laughs> Another like so then he wakes up in the middle like of them getting beat up by his face Godzilla and he's like listen you guys don't want to tie me I need I need to control this thing and they're like fine and they like get him that all together that fucking guy he's, man he's such a that, that fucking guy. guy he's like the most that fucking guy you could ever be um it was pretty badass when Godzilla just does like a final ultimate like. I mean, they brutally kill Space Godzilla oh, they, in this yeah. movie. Like, it, it is like a slow, like, blow off one of the shoulders, another shoulder, knock you over. Like, and then when Godzilla does yeah, the he, ultimate, he knocks, like, he knocks, super breath, off, mm-hmm. it's he, pretty badass. He knocks off all the crystals off of his back. And yeah. so, he basically, Space Godzilla loses all of his power. But, again, and, but that's why, again, I, I loved watching it. I really did. And it was really cool it, to see. It, it I love the craft well of it. It is well put together, but it just doesn't have... But plot-wise, because eventually, if you're watching it, it just seems like they they do one thing that you don't completely understand, but you can just gather through context clues like, oh, the tower and whatnot, or the, the shoulder. See, I, I'm already losing track of it. But it kind of just, if you watch it, it was just like, oh, Godzilla just eventually overpowered him. Yeah, that's basically, there's, there's, there's a little bit of like, you know, Mogra's helping, and then again, they, they split up in the Star Falcon and land Mogra, um, and that kind of helps as yeah. well, and, and there's drilling that happens, and... And then the movie just kind of ends. Well, yeah, no, but then they do the whole rescue thing, right? Like, because, like, Mogra's been destroyed, and, like, the, oh, right, right, the one yeah. guy's in there, and Miki, like, you know, psychically, like, telekinesis him so he doesn't fall, and Yuri, like, Yuri, like, finally tries to atone for his that fucking guy ways by, like, saving, you know, they're yeah, gonna save yeah, him yeah. and stuff like that, and he's finally gonna be, like, on the side yeah, of the Yeah, I mean, and that was all, that was all good. I mean, that was all fine and functional and... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just that, and again, I guess because you're, you just come off of those elements with the evil scientist and like the, and the Yakuza, which kind of like throws the whole thing and there's no momentum to like plot wise what the fight is going on, Mm -hmm. that it makes it a little bit tricky to absolutely like love it as much as you do and uh, as much as you would want to, I, I should say. So, and then, so it basically just kind of ends and it kind of ends very neatly in terms of everybody learns the lesson that they needed to or everybody gets what they want. Uh, 
Godzilla defeats Space Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Yuri kind of like learns like maybe I shouldn't be a this fucking guy. Uh, Miki becomes more uh, content with caring for the monsters. Yeah, and then and and baby Godzilla learns how to blow radioactive bubbles. Yes, that was very that was kind of cute. That that was kind of cute. Yeah, that was. But also again, but it's also that again that thing where it's like a lot of good ideas, right? Because this whole thing like, oh, can you control Godzilla? Can you control nature? Yeah. And at the end of the movie. Miki's just like, oh, I'm just using my psychic to take that thing off, even though it never worked. Like, he's never once thing where it like, really worked for a little bit, and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to take this thing off of you, you yeah. know, it's just to kind of take a little... Well, I, I will say it, it kind of was supposed to be, like, a very, like, symbolic, like... Oh, no, I get it symbolic. Letting go of it, like, it's like, like we're... Let, I get that, yeah. but it's... But you know but you know what I mean. Oh, it's no, still, I get it. It doesn't... It's it not does, it's the not, best. It's not, like, satisfying. And well... Like, again, they try to play off this romance that doesn't mean anything. Here's my, here's my overall thing with the movie, because this is really all I have to say about it um i do maintain that i like a lot of it i wish i loved it but if you can hear from the last couple times we've talked about a godzilla movie i truly feel like that they are that most of them had been tapping into something else a little bit deeper uh than what was just on the surface yeah this is the first film when I'm like, this is just a monster movie. No, it is. It's, it's, there's not there's yeah. even like, oh, because then even at the end of the movie, when you get that, like, you're supposed to get the, like, our lesson when, like, the space or, like, when it's like, I forget who it is. Well, the cosmos come back. The cosmos come back. And, like, you're thinking, what's funny is that this is, they do this thing where they do the thing where it's like, oh, like, nuclear weapons. But the way they do this is, is not realistic because... Not, it's not like a real life lesson because basically they're like more things are gonna come from space, so be ready. Oh, I forgot about that aspect about it because it almost makes it seem like once again that it's like all right, like we're we're sequel baiting for like yeah, but but again, like I get I get that, but it's just way to present it. It seemed like they were doing like if we all like be careful about nuclear weapons. But yeah, it was they like, do kind of pull that card. But, yeah. but but they do it in a way where it's like it doesn't apply to us at all because oh, we all be careful about space monsters. Yeah, like you know, you could have been you could have been I guess teasing for a Geigen or something, but like yeah, but. It's just funny because, like, again, we've seen, like, it, it, but it shows, like, this was a movie, it's a very bizarre movie because the aspects of, it was more of a rush production, they didn't plan on doing it, um, kind of shows, like, some of the weaknesses, but I will say is that they brought on a confident team that Mm -hmm. did make some definitive things that make it stand out. Like, I I will say Space Godzilla still kind of, like, stands out enough as a monster, but Yuri is... yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say they they make Yuri, who is a very, very much a definitive like character that you will remember in this movie. They develop Miki a little bit, and then they dev- they do whether you like it or not. Yeah. I feel achieve that more family friendly tone with the monsters. Yeah, I do think that the power they give uh, Space Godzilla in that last fight kind of saves Space Godzilla. Yeah, I do think that like because I think again there's interesting ideas presented around him, but he really doesn't. You know, come into full effect until that last fight. Sure, me. sure. Um, but you see, but I, that's kind of like what again, my thing about as, the movie as is. As much as I do kind of make fun of Yuri, I, he is very distinctive. He is probably the most entertaining thing about this movie. Um, and I do appreciate all the little continuity nods, um, especially kind of expanding a little bit more on yeah. Miki. Even though I wish the Miki stuff could be a little bit deeper, yeah. I wish you could still do a little bit more with her. It has been interesting that she's been, you know, in five of these six hasty films yeah. so far yeah uh and i can only assume she's probably going to be in the next one just yeah. because like there's no reason not to bring her back 
yeah, I just think the movie it takes some it takes some decent step forwards, but nowhere near big enough of steps, and yeah, it's and, and it's hindered by enough that makes it kind of a, a acceptable but lower tier yeah, hasty film. I mean, it's definitely the for me it's the it's the second weakest hasty film yeah. uh, other than Returns because I, I again I said at the beginning I think. Returns is just a flat movie most of the way through. At least this yeah. has some some interesting stuff like Yuri. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I think those are all the things you should, we should give it credit yeah. for. It's just that because I think like maybe some of the disappointment may be coming from like oh I just felt like I could like gather something a little bit more rich from the past like three films. And and I do. And think this again, is the first. It caught up to us eventually. It caught up to us. And again, I do think there's some interesting ideas that are mm-hmm. presented here. And just like none of them come to full effect, especially when the middle of that movie starts going into all that weird stuff with the Kikusa and like trying to like, you know, get Mogra ready and trying to get Yuri on board. It's just like, it just loses all that stuff that was, could have been interesting. Well, um, let, let's think of some ideas for who Harrison Ford would be in this movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, who could Harrison Ford be? Oh, you know, at the beginning so I, I, I kind of say, again, I'm always in that, and what could annoy Harrison Ford? Yeah. You know, what could get him grumpy? Because if you remember, like, when they introduced the two soldier characters, they're on that boat, and the one guy's playing, like, the music really loudly. Yeah. I do feel like Harrison Ford would be, like, the, the guy in that boat, like, the captain. Or, was or, that like, when they were playing the rap music? Yeah. That was another reason uh, if Akube didn't yeah. want to do the movie. I feel like, I, I just feel like. No, that's a real story, by the way. He, yeah. he knew that there was going to be rap music in it, and he didn't want any part of it. Mm. So he could be he could be that boat captain who's like turn that music down. Uh, he also could be, um, he could be he could be that guy that's like, what are we gonna do about space Godzilla? Isn't the, wait doesn't this movie isn't one of the opening scenes like at a astronomy tower or at like a like at a telescope tower for some reason? Why do I remember that being the case? No, I may be wrong. Yeah, I think I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, glad we glad we figured that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would also accept just the the ship captain yeah. of the yeah of that of that ship. Yeah, like you. Know. But, but but I want to get the more a little bit of that detail. Why? Yeah, you know why we why the Harrison Ford because he got annoyed at the music. You know, mm-hmm. Harrison well, Harrison Ford. Ford. That's why he got annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll accept that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um, all right, Nick. Um, well, like the biggest thing to talk about in terms of the release of this movie is that while it's still performed admirably, admirably, unfortunately, it still failed to reach even close to the heights of Godzilla versus Mothra. So that's two movies in a row that Toho is not quite reaching their benchmark. Um, in terms of, uh, the, um, recept, the kind of history and legacy of this movie, it is very much considered to be one of the weaker entries into the Hasey series. Uh, there is some mixed re- reviews on Space Godzilla himself. Some people think like he is interesting and unique enough, maybe because of the power set, but other people feel like maybe it's because of the movie itself that it just just doesn't quite hit a mem- memorable home. Yeah, I mean, I, I can also see that too because, like, listen, I, I do think he's kind of more on the interesting side, but also you're also making a monster that's literally a clone of Godzilla. Sure. You know? And 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 you got to do a lot to really make that stand out because if you're not careful, you're just basically like, well, it's kind of just another Godzilla. Sure, yeah. Definitely. And like I do think they do enough again, they give him that big power set especially when he's siphoning that energy at mm-hmm. the end of the movie that you're like, okay, no, he's a really big threat. But I could also see if you're just not into that and you're just like, well, it's just a Godzilla with crystals. Yeah. Like why I, it, why should I be 
you know, invested in well, this. Well, the, the one thing I did see is, like, there didn't seem to be too much pushback at the lighthearted nature of it. Because, quite frankly, I do think that there it still goes into those thrilling elements enough. Yeah. Like, it, it's, mean, it's not a complete, like, it, it's not jokey a, joke kids fest. No, it's it's not like, again, it's not like those kind of, you know, that little later show, you know, that mid to late show era where it's just like, you yeah, know, it's not like in a beer where it's, and I love a beer, but it's not like in a beer where, yeah, where beer is just goofy all yeah. the way through. And yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. makes that movie work this is still like in that hasty kind of seriousness it's like the light-hearted version of that hasty seriousness right yeah but so it's been interesting that people don't really uh call that out as much it's just more of that kind of what we're talking about there's just two there's just one too many missing elements to make it a completely engaging experience unfortunately Mm -hmm. uh which is a shame because like you know i guess the movies before had been able to rely on infamous monsters, but you know, there was like kind of like a cool grand element to Ghidorah and Mothra yeah. and like even uh space Godzilla and not space Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla to a certain degree, especially well, after watching well, it and, and thematically and talking especially, about especially it. Rodan in that last yeah. movie. Like that's, you know, it's just, it didn't have like, even though again, I did there are elements of like a space Godzilla. There wasn't really that spectacular moment. No, um, no. that, Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan all have. Yeah, there movies. was a lot of cool things. Even, like, even, even, I will even give credit to, like, you know, I wasn't as high on Biolante, but even Biolante as a monster just has that bigger, you know, moment. Yeah. Um, when it's just even from a visual standpoint, that really mad Space Godzilla has. I just felt that there's a lot of cool things in this movie, but I was never in awe of anything. No. And I feel yeah. like there was a moment that's a really, in each that's a, one of these movies. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, that's Space Godzilla. It is. It it is Space Godzilla. It is fine. It's fine. Some good stuff, but yeah, yeah. can't win them all. No, one hundred percent. I mean, we we had a pretty good streak of things no, no. I mean, enjoyed. and again, it's not. It's, there's worse. And like, because we've seen worse. No, we've seen worse. We've seen a lot worse. We've seen much worse. Um. So with that, with uh, nineteen ninety four, the next year coming up is nineteen ninety five, and we will be getting Nick into. Uh, one of the movie, one of one of my favorite Godzilla movies, yeah, one of, or at, at least a very childhood means a lot to me as a Godzilla fan. Okay, I can't wait to get to it. Uh, but it also will mark, unfortunately, the end of the Heisei series, mm. and so we will be talking a lot about the, the Heisei series as a whole when we talk about Godzilla versus Destoroya. Destroya. No, no, no. Destoroya. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to get me to do the accent. No, no. It's like literally Destoroya. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. We will talk about no, I why. Was, I just thought it was Destroya. We'll talk about that. Okay. Why, why it isn't that way. But that's next time uh, when we talk about a Godzilla movie. Next time we're not talking about a Godzilla movie. We're talking about a James Bond movie. Yeah. And what will that be, Nick? Yeah. So uh, we're going into the second Craig film. Um, a movie that's very much influenced by a story a set of striking writers and it's a movie that when I tell you about the production you're going to understand why Quantum of Solace is the way it is because that's our next Bond movie yeah it is Quantum of Solace so everybody hop in your cars hop in your planes hop in your boats hop in your motorcycles run to the theater because James Bond will be doing all of that in our next listen when you have no writers (laughs) just gotta go just gotta go with the flow just gotta go fast gotta go fast um all right well i'm done we're done this show is done for today nick plug it away all right we got an email address bonzillapod at gmail.com if you're looking to email us about the space jam thing that we talked about earlier yes 
Um, what was it called? What did they touch the basketball and like? They just got the essence of the players. It did, but I thought I think there's like a name to it. Their juice. It may have. Was it juice? I don't know. Okay. All no. Right. Well, I do remember. You that never bought the steel. They, bucks, so they we'll never drink know. the water. They drink the water, and Bugs Bunny lies to everybody and says it's the special stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, that's the special stuff. Yeah. But that's not what they touch in the back. No, that's not. The, okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Bonzillapod. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, wait. There you no, go. No, 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 it's not that. It's twitter.com <laughs> slash bonzilla007, facebook.com slash bonzilla007. Like and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right, and um, that that's it. We're good. We're good. Um, you know, we really, you and I should come up with a definitive list of that fucking guys or these the, fucking the, guys. These fucking guys. There's, there's definitely a lot of them out there. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely like, it, it is a trope that needs to be taught amongst the, uh, because yeah. honestly, I feel like every movie's better with them. And we can't rely on, t- on TV tropes because there's no way it's called that fucking guy. Yeah. All right. We'll tune in for that. That'll be our next podcast. Movie. <laughs> this fucking guy. This the fucking podcast. guy. The I podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care. Peace.